0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Living My Best Disabled Life. Today, we have Kaylee Blake back, and we're going to be talking about teaching with a disability. Hey, Kaylee. Hi. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for coming back and talking to me. Hopefully, you're not sick of me yet.
1: No, definitely
0: not. (laughs) So, can we just start by talking about, like, what kind of, like, accommodations or how do you adapt as a disabled teacher? Like, what do you do differently or ways that you make it easier for yourself
1: yeah so there's kind of different aspects of it that i accommodate for but as far as when i go into a school to possibly get a job there and have it be accessible for me some things that i've run into in the past have been issues with the bathroom and having an accessible bathroom because And, of course, that's not directly related to you, but I'll get there. But in order for me to comfortably work in a place, the actual building has to be accessible first. So I always have to talk to whoever my boss would be there and make sure that the space that I'm in is accommodated for me. So making sure that, you know, there's proper bars in the bathroom that I have keys to elevators if I need them, all of those things that are needed when you're in a your wheelchair. Now, as far as in the classroom, there isn't much that I do to accommodate working with students. I mean, obviously, I want to work with kids who are younger, so like K-2 age. I you know the, the most common way people think about that is you know teachers were able to sit down on the floor with the kids and like sit in a circle and be on the floor and very active with the kids. Obviously, that will look different for me, but in general, there's not a lot that I have to do to accommodate because I'm able to work around the little things that happen.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So given that like the kids are a little bit younger. What are, like, some of, at least in your student teaching, like, experience and stuff, what are some of, like, the reactions that you get from kids as to, like, when they realize, oh, like, you're, like, a student teacher, oh, like, but, you know, you're disabled, and the kids don't really understand it that
1: well, you Absolutely, know? absolutely. Honestly, from kids, reactions are positive. I will say, kids are a lot nicer than adults, that's just how it is, because kids, I will say, they have no filter. Kids are not afraid to ask questions, kids are not afraid to be curious, and they will say whatever's on their mind. And obviously, kids don't see a lot of teachers in a wheelchair or with a type of disability, so when they see me, it's different, but They actually think that it's a cool thing and not something that is strange or not okay.
0: Yeah, I guess because, like, I feel like a lot of times kids are a lot more open-minded because you got time to, like, mold their brains, you know, the way they think about the world in a way.
1: Yeah, definitely. The one thing that i run into, though, is on the opposite end of that, is when, obviously, when kids are with their families, you know, they're influenced greatly by their adults and their lives. And sometimes what they're taught by adults is to not ask questions until we know more and kind of be afraid to approach. And so I have to break that stigma with kids about telling them that it's okay to ask questions. Obviously, there's so many kids that are not afraid to do that. But I move on into kids every so often that are kind of, apprehensive to approach and ask questions about myself.
0: And, like, when they ask you these questions, how exactly do you, like, explain it to them?
1: My cerebral palsy?
0: Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, kids don't really understand it to the same extent if you tell an adult
1: how it is. Or oh, absolutely. You. Yeah. yeah, so obviously I'm not going to use the medical jargon that adults use or big terms that adults use when they talk about cerebral palsy. So a lot of times what I'll do is I will say something, especially with the younger kids, what I'll say something along the lines of when I was in my mom's tummy, something happened. And so when I was born, my legs don't work, were not able to work the same as yours do. And so I have to use A wheelchair to get around, rather than use my legs and walking. So I keep it simple and not scary and intimidating.
0: And in comparison, like, how do like coworkers? Do coworkers ever ask you what you have, or do they just like treat you like a regular, like, student teacher and just pretend the disability is not there? (laughs)
1: I've gotten both ends of the spectrum. I've gotten people who are great and who don't care that I have a disability because I am able to do everything that they're able to do. It may look different, but it doesn't mean that I can't do my job. And then I've had other situations where a teacher has had not so much confidence in me because they assume that because I'm in a wheelchair, I can't do the job as expected which is far from the truth, but I will say 99.9% of the time, people that I work with are very accepting and they're accommodating as well, and they're willing to actually help me out if anything were to come up, but they also are aware that I'm more than capable of doing the job, and it might just look a little bit different than the average able-bodied teacher that you see every day.
0: What do you think the biggest misconception with teaching with a disability is?
1: I think it's that it's impossible because we're not physically able to, you know, run around with the kids and be right there when everything is needed. That if you're not physically able to walk around, you must not be able to teach. And that is the furthest from the truth. You couldn't do everything that. A normal teacher can do it will just be done differently so for example when i brought up the whole morning meeting thing and sitting on the ground with the kids i won't do that but i'll still be able to sit with them and have a regular morning meeting schedule just as any other teacher would have it just won't look exactly the same you're just
0: not going to be, like, sitting on the floor with them. like
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, won't, I can't be, like, at their level as easily as an able-minded teacher could. The other big thing that is different is that I can't go on the playground with them. So a lot of teachers will go on the playground. I can't do that because my tires, funny story, get stuck in the wood chips. And my tires just spin, spin, spin. And so like a lot of teachers, I can't be physically on the playground with them, watching them. So I kind of have to stay on the tarred area and not in the playground. So that is a little bit different. But it doesn't mean that I can't be out there with the kids, watching them, making sure they're okay.
0: I mean, just because you have to do things differently doesn't mean, like, you can't be an effective, successful teacher. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the smallest things, they have to do differently it doesn't really in like hindsight it doesn't those small things don't really matter as much as like being a good teacher and doing your job successfully.
1: Well I think the big thing too Olivia is that you know in today's society with scary situations happening in schools the question I get a lot is how would I protect my students from those scary situations and I'm honest, and I say, again, it will look different, but I put my students before myself. I would do everything that I can to protect my students. It might just work a little bit different.
0: Well, I actually don't know why, I don't know why I didn't think of that, but that is a good point though, because you kind of like, you can't, a lot of people in wheelchairs or even with any mobility issues, they can't be as fast as an able-bodied person so like I get where people are coming from oh yeah for sure like if that were to happen at some point you'll just figure it out it's just not going to be the same way Mm -hmm. and yeah obviously that stuff is really scary and like anxiety producing but if you have to figure it out you'll just figure out a way that you You can protect them, you know?
1: And for myself, too, obviously there have been scary instances in schools, but I didn't want to let that stop me from following my dream of this career because I wanted to be a teacher for as long as I can remember. And I want the what-if of those scary situations to stop me from becoming a teacher and being able to do what I've loved to do for so long.
0: So, like, what really, like, inspired you to become a teacher?
1: I mean, I've always loved children. I've always kind of, even when I was in school, I loved the aspects of school and, like, watching my teachers do what they do. But as I got older, I loved working with kids. I still, my passion is with kids. Whatever that may look like, I love working with children. So, I think that's a big thing. But I think that, like, I've had certain teachers that have really kind of carved that path for me, and they've made a difference in my academic time. And so with that being said, that was some inspiration for me to become a teacher because I wanted to make a difference, like I saw them make for myself and for other students around me.
0: So basically it's because of like these teachers that really inspired you that kind of helped you grow the passion of yeah.
1: learning and then teaching. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think the big thing about teachers is that, especially with the younger kids, is that you're able to teach them the fundamentals. And to me, that's a big thing. I find passion in being able to kind of help shape kids and shape their early years in school, because their early years in school can make or break the rest of how they think about academics as they get older. And so I think having the opportunity to make a positive difference in their younger years can help them as they move forward later.
0: I could not agree more. Like, the first few years, you know, like, really do shape people so like shape kids so like if you have a really good teacher if you have a really good teacher like the first few years or Mm -hmm. teachers then it like shapes you as a student you know
1: yeah so i have a personal story that i'm willing to share with you about kind of but really inspiring you to be a teacher or partly if you want me to share it with you so when i was in second grade i was very, very shy. I still am, but it's a lot different now. At the time, I had just moved to a new school in second grade, and I wouldn't speak above a whisper for almost the entire year. I wouldn't speak above a whisper. And so my second grade teacher was so wonderful and gave me this courage and confidence by the end of the year to speak with a normal Talking voice rather than just whisper. That took a lot of work over the school year, but when it finally did, it felt so good because I knew that he had helped me to get the confidence that I needed to be able to use my voice. Wow, that's really nice.
0: So, like, you never know when, like, you could be that you could meet some student and they're really shy, and you could be that type of person for the next generation of students.
1: I've already come across situations like that. I've been very lucky. I've had the opportunity to work in some, for example, special education classrooms. So i work with a lot of students with learning disabilities, physical disabilities, you know, all over the map. And one student in particular has a learning disability. And by the end of the year, wrote me a, a note that said, I know that I can do it because I see you doing it. And that, to me, was the best thing ever. Like, getting notes like that is what makes me remember why I got into this career path in the first place.
0: When you were in school, were you in,
1: like, special ed at all? Mm -hmm. For a while. Yeah, I was in special ed for certain subjects. Like for math, I was in special ed. I also had an IEP after school, so I knew those kind of aspects of special ed as well. So I feel like I have a certain type of connection to students that not every teacher can bring to the table as authentically as I can because I've been through it in some ways, whereas not every person has gone through it the same way.
0: How do you think that has helped you become a better teacher.
1: I think it all comes back to connections and being able to make real deep connections with kids and to tell them, hey, I know this is difficult. I've been there too. I got through it and so can you. And I'm here to help you do that.
0: Yeah, we need more like teachers that... I don't want to say like genuinely care, but like I feel like... I've had some really bad experiences with teachers, like, you know, some don't really seem like they want to make any connection with their students, they're just teaching, but they really shouldn't be teaching. They don't really have passion for it, they're just doing it, but it seems more like a chore than actually connecting with their students.
1: I think what some people miss, especially the older generations, like the past generations of teachers, we call them the seasoned teachers. I have been doing this for years, the veteran teachers, as I say. The mindset sometimes that people can get stuck in is academics, academics, academics. Yes, that's what we're there for. But in order for students to thrive and trust you to be able to help them with those academics, you first have to create those relationships and get to know your students on a more personal level in order to have them then trust you academically as well
0: yeah because without that connection they're not going to really want to like even do the work and like then it becomes like the you know the, there's those students that really don't care about school
1: oh for sure i've come across a lot of those kids yep but there's also reasons behind that that you have to figure out because a lot of times those kids that will come off that way, there's past trauma or past situations that have manifested into what you're seeing. So I guess it may look like they don't care or that, you know, they're afraid to try, but it comes from a deeper place. And that's why you have to create connections with the kids.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, then if you have a better understanding of the student, then you're able to be a better teacher to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what are like some of your main like goals as a teacher? Like if you have like things that you want to make sure you like incorporate into your teaching.
1: Yeah. So I think that. I mean, I think this goes for every teacher, so I don't think it's just me. But I think showing kids that diversity is okay and that in any career that you do, even if you're a little bit different, it doesn't mean you can't do it. So I think by me being a teacher, again I can show the kids that yeah, you know, Miss Blake is in a wheelchair, but she's doing this job and she's working with you and if you want to do something in the future, but you you have something that makes you a little bit different, that's still okay. And that's the message that I want to put forth to my students is that even through hard times or differences, you can still do the things that you're passionate about. It just might take some hard work, dedication, and time, but you'll get there.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. I think also if you ever have, like, Especially when you have like just dis- other disabled students, then you can really like help them, yeah,
1: re-
0: help them even more like realize their potential.
1: Mm, yeah. So my goal one day, I mean, I want to start in elementary general ed that kind of space, but one day my ultimate goal is to be a special ed teacher and work with students who have disabilities. The reason why I want to is exactly what you're talking about, is to help them and show them that even with differences, they can get through it too. And it might be a mountain to climb, but it doesn't mean they can't do it.
0: And it's worth it in the end. It's
1: worth it, yep.
0: And I guess for everything, like everything in life, you know, if you put your mind to something, And yeah, it's hard. You might have to climb some mountains, but in the end, it'll be worth it.
1: It'll pay off. Yeah. Yes, for sure.
0: So you want to be a, you eventually want
1: to be a special ed teacher. Definitely. That's my goal. Yeah. We need more special
0: ed teachers. Because
1: I want to work with kids that have similar situations to me, even if they're not physically disabled. I'm just showing them that even with those disabilities and things that make them different, that they can overcome those things and do amazing things in their future.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that we need more like special ed, ed teachers that genuinely understand the kids in special line
1: I think that's a big thing for me it's like when I was in school I never saw that like I, never, I never had that understanding from teachers you know like they always try to understand but you can only understand so far when you haven't gone through it yourself and I think that's what makes it different
0: oh yeah I can totally relate I've had some like traumatic special ed teachers oh me too your <laughs> experiences like i've been called dumb i've like i've had teachers talk behind my back about mm-hmm. oh my god why is this person on a spot on a iep like uh, she's just being lazy all that stuff it's like no i'm uh, not i literally uh, don't understand stuff can you teach me instead of talking trash right. about me behind back like with other teachers too it's like right.
1: and for me personally i still am but i was a super sensitive child like i had i got emotional easy and so when I, when people didn't understand like when teachers would get like that i wouldn't understand because <laughs> so i'd be like it's not my fault like why are you being lean or being this right because it's not my fault that I have this really doing the best that I can with the cards. That I was dealt.
0: Oh my god, I have never related to something more in my life. No, I was <laughs> such an emotional <laughs> child and I still am an emotional yeah. adult. But like <laughs> no, I every time like a teacher would say something that's <laughs> slightly insulting about like the way I learn or something, yeah, I would
1: literally just start crying. <laughs> Or I'm like, like if I, I can't
0: control it, I'm sorry.
1: Sorry, yeah. I can this math problem or something. But, yeah. Well, math was my frustration. So like, math was a huge struggle for me in school. It still is to this day. And when I wasn't special math, there were times where I was just getting so frustrated because they would keep explaining it to me the same way over and over again. But I wasn't understanding it that way. And I feel like they were understanding that I wasn't grasping it in the way that they were saying it. So I was like, can you explain it a different way? And just coming back and forth. And eventually I get so frustrated that I would end up in tears because I was so over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really, I struggled that with that too. And that's exactly why I think it's great that you eventually want to be a special ed teacher because... You're not going to be like that. You're not going to be like, oh, you don't understand that? What's wrong with you?
1: Uh, well, yeah. I'm not explaining this. Well, I'm not explaining.
0: You know, no. You're
1: like, and luckily in school, like in college, I've had a lot of classes that have helped me prepare to eventually get special ed and work with kids who have differences. No matter what that looks like, even if you're a fully able-bodied child with no diagnosed disabilities you're still gonna have your differences and even with learning there's just some struggles and bumps in the road you have to go through and just being compassionate to those differences is so important for kids.
0: Which I think some teachers do lack some empathy
1: <laughs> and
0: compassion yeah. and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Well so can you tell everyone like what your next steps in your teaching journey is specifically yeah
1: so my next step is to go forward hopefully and get my certification official get my certification but until then my goal is to be a substitute teacher for elementary kids continue that and go from there
0: so are you doing any type of teaching right now or
1: tutoring Currently, I'm an online tutor, so I'm tutoring right now. I've tutored for two years since the pandemic started. I've been an online tutor, so I work from home. But I work with K-12 students, tutoring them mostly in the ELA content area, so reading, writing, phonics, all of those things, grammar. But I do dabble into some elementary math, so I'm getting my teaching experience in that way as well.
0: Did you want to teach a specific subject, or are you going to, like, be teaching all the subjects?
1: So it's funny. It's so not really changed over time. So for a long time, like, when I was younger, I used to say that I wanted to teach middle school English. That was my goal, was to do middle school English. And then slowly, as I got to high school, I realized that I loved elementary ed, but I wanted to teach the older elementary kids. So, like, fourth and fifth grade. Then, once I got to college and really started to dive into everything, I realized that my passion is for the real little ones, so K-2 area is where I'm hoping to go.
0: So K- K-2, it would be like
1: all the yeah. the Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. sorry. So yeah. yes, so kindergarten to second grade is all of the subjects. Mostly you know, my in-math is what, you know, they focus on, but we do dabble into every subject area.
0: Do you have a, like, a favorite subject
1: to teach? Oh, for sure. My favorite subject is English. I love to teach reading, writing, those kind of things.
0: Uh, I love writing. I'm like, I love writing, I love English, all this stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: I could never be a math teacher.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I know math teachers, and I don't know how to do it. I mean, we need math teachers, but I can never just be a math teacher, <laughs> Cause I, oh because I because I struggle yeah. so hard with math. Even now, as twenty four year old, math is not my area of confidence. <laughs> so now that you're like graduating, but you still got like
0: another class to take, but you're kind of in the on like a in a new phase. What, like, advice would you give your younger self, like, about teaching or teaching with a disability or just, like, the process mm. of getting your degree to be able
1: to teach? Mm-hmm. My gosh. That's such a loaded question. But I think what I would tell my younger self is to not give up my dream of teaching, despite when people... You may not believe in the fact that you couldn't do it. Don't let that stop you. Don't give up. There will be challenges in the road, but don't let that discourage you from teaching. And just keep going, because eventually you will get there. It might just take some time. That's some really good
0: advice. Especially, like, another thing is, like, I feel like to a lot of people with disabilities, if someone tells you you can't do something – or that that's going to be too hard for you, that you automatically, you're like, hmm, maybe I should start listening to them.
1: Yeah.
0: I yeah, think for really me, it
1: was, for me personally, when people would say that, it was more of a driving force to just keep going. Because I don't like it when people tell me that I can't do something, or that they, that oh, they, assume, or that they assume that I can't do it because I'm disabled. So for me, it almost gave me the, the courage to just, keep going and just prove people wrong and prove people that I can do what I must do and I happily can say that I have done that I prove that I can teach well
0: that makes sense like you know when people it goes one way or the other it does either go like you know it's a driving force for you to keep going or it stops people from doing what they want mm-hmm. but a lot of times like I personally, if when someone says I can't do something, I won't be able to do something, I'm going to prove them wrong. People said I wasn't even going to go to college. People said I wasn't going to do this.
1: People oh, really? I'm...
0: Yeah. Wow. Now I had, I had like, in, in school, like, they told me I wasn't going to be able to go to college. And if I did, I would only make it through two years of college.
1: Oh my goodness. So and sorry I wouldn't that. be,
0: like. I'd only make it through community college. And I mean, look at me at grad school now. So
1: that's, yeah, good for you. I mean, no, I'm sorry that you had to go through that from people, but good for you for keeping going and doing what you're doing. Well, thank you.
0: No, I think that that is the thing as disabled people we really struggle with because, like, because of the way society views us, we have these preconceived, everyone has preconceived ideas. Of what we can or can't do and then mm-hmm. until we prove ourselves wrong we have those preconceived wrong ideas
1: hmm yeah for sure
0: well thank you again for coming and speaking to me of have course
1: thank you.
0: thanks everyone for listening to living my best disabled life tune in next time for the next episode